Hello everybody, my name is Barry White and welcome to the Fetch Everyone Weekly Podcast, episode 14. It's available on iTunes, Spotify and various other places. FetchEveryone.com is a free website for runners, bikers, swimmers and actually everybody. Some websites put their best features behind a paywall. Oh, I hate it when they do that. It's just not fair. We don't do that. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and visit fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast with your comments and suggestions. I'm joined here by Katie. Katie, are you here? I'm here. Yeah. How are you doing? You're right. I'm not bad. I'm slightly creaky. Um, I did a race yesterday, my first road race in a, a really long time about about 15 16 months uh sandy 10 miles which we've been talking about on the podcast because we've both been training for it but unfortunately only one of us managed to start that race yeah i have a guess which one of us (laughs) (laughs) bearing in mind i've just said that i did it (laughs) yeah it's not all that difficult is it yeah if you got that wrong yeah i'm probably just stop listening now yeah so since um thursday i think i've just been sort of slowly going downhill um and um constantly popping strepsils now um but hopefully i'll I'll get better soon but anyway let's talk about sandy 10 we have checked though you haven't overdosed on strepsils have you yeah no gastric uncertainty for me no um yeah so sandy 10 um it i'm really pleased actually i which is weird because i didn't really reach my target my initial target which was a a 60 percent wava but I am, I'm just really pleased. I feel like I enjoyed it. I felt strong doing the pace that I kind of wanted to do for the whole race. And I didn't, I started off nice and slow yesterday because in at Sandy 10, after about a mile, there's a big old hill. Can which... we can we talk about that hill? Because <laughs> okay. way back in episode two, we said this. I'll well, just transport you back in time. Wobbly, wobbly, wobbly. Wobbly, wobbly, join in with the wobbly, 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 wobbly. <laughs> So we said this. There's quite a big hill that you go up in the first or second mile, um, but then you come back down it again towards the end. So it's a nice sort of ending to the race, but it feels a lot longer and a lot harder on the way down somehow. What, the hill feels longer and harder on the way down? Yeah, because you sort of, you, you spend the whole sort of flat bit at the top going, oh, I can't wait to get back down that hill again. And when you reach the hill, your legs are so bleeped that you can't okay. make as much of it as you'd like to and it feels like it's a, anyway so tell me a bit more about this hill then katie okay. <laughs> all right but to be fair to me i i have admitted that i was wrong in in, in yes anyway, you're doing so now so basically just after a mile there's this big old hill that you go up in sandy and it's a real slog on the way up and as ian has just mentioned <laughs> you have to come back down it again at the end. And I was incredulous at the thought that it would be longer and harder on the way down. But yeah, so you go up it, and I decided in the first two miles that I would really just not worry about my pace, keep it actually quite easy, around the sort of 9.40, and and just just not even think about it until I got to the top of that that big old hill. And, um, and once I had got there, and I got onto the, the sort of more flat bit of the race, I got my pace down to sort of between 9.10 and 9.20 and stayed there quite comfortably all the way through to the end of the race, which is probably the thing that I'm most pleased about with the whole thing. However, coming back to Ian's point, I will admit 
when you come back to that hill and you have been thinking literally all the way around the heath and Everton and the donkeys and everything, you're thinking, oh, I've got that lovely hill to run down. It's going to be so lovely. I'm just going to run down it like a gazelle uh, in runner bean style. And, and you get there and you just sort of go, oh, my quads, oh, my knees. And it does feel long and hard and kind of please stop. And all the marshals are saying, it's all downhill from here. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I did actually feel quite good and quite smiley towards the end and, and um, was happy to talk to marshals. And yeah, and Ian was at the end waiting for me with music. Um, Hence, in the gallery, there is a photo which was um, captured by Lycra Hurricane's Mrs. And I don't know if she has a fetch name. Mrs. LH. Oh, there you go. Mrs. LH captured me in the finishing funnel with Ian charging along behind me. Uh, with holding my, two coats. <laughs> holding two coats. One of which was my dry robe, which is enormous, and a speaker. Yeah, so any if you've got any captions for that photo, we'd love them. It just made me smile so much to see that Ian was captured in that photo as well. Yeah, but in general, really good race. I think I got the time I deserved for the training I did. And I am just writing a blog at the moment which talks about the training that I've done this year for Sandy 10. Um, and in it, I've got some screenshots of my, um, my analysis. What's it called? Yeah, that'll do. No, but what is it called on the site? Where do you go to to get that? I stuff? can't remember. I'm not very well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. right. No, right. We'll just ignore him for a minute. So yeah. on the site, you can go into your training analysis. It's probably, and, yeah. And do you want to add anything? No. No. <laughs> you can go in and you can put a race into your training analysis and it will give you the training that you did for this race, the, the race that you've put in, and then it will just pull up the other data out to compare other races that you've done, obviously same distance. And mine compared a 2005 Sandy 10, a 2006 Sandy 10, and my PB 10 miler, which is called the Garden City 10, which I did, I forget now, I think 2008, which it still stands for my PB. And it's really interesting to just look at what training I did for all of those and how the two that I got the same Wavre in, so yesterday I got around 58, and in 2005 I got 58, my training was really similar in terms of long runs. So... You get what you pay for, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I'll put some links in the show notes so you can find that stuff if you want to try yeah. it out with your own races. But yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch of different stuff in there for, for analysing your races. It's quite a cool thing to do. I mean, I've done it obviously after the race, but it's actually quite a nice reassuring thing to do before a race sometimes, just to check how your training has gone and how it's that similar training has, uh, how it's, what am I trying to say? Yeah, you want to you want to have some sort of reassurance that you've put the miles in yes. the bank or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, unless, of course, it tells you that you haven't. In which case, you've just got to go. All right. Well, I'm not going to get the time that I hope for, but <laughs> okay. go out and give it a try anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or just do it afterwards, like I have. And go. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I wanted to um, give a shout out to the marshals um, because oh, yeah. I was sort of lurking around for uh, an hour or so, waiting for the the runners to come back. Um, and I got chatting to a few of them, and it really shows a, a huge difference when you see a race that's been organised by a club or local runners, something like that, rather than um, sort of people who are paid to stand there and clap and, and point, because they totally understand what it is that the runners are going through. Um, just listening to the, the marshals, and the way that they talk to the runners, you can see that they've got all this empathy going on and, and 
real lots of encouragement. Um, so oh, they, they were absolutely fantastic. The Biggleswade um, AC run run the Sandy Tent, and Biggleswade AC marshals are fantastic. They all wear silly hats and things. They've all got a really cheery word for you. There was a lady who was at about probably about half a mile, and so nine and a half as well, and she had the best smile on the course, and she was absolutely awesome. But they were all really, really good all the way around. Can't fault them. Thought they were amazing. Yeah, Rose Hip was out on the course as well, and she sort of Rose Hip, Brian J. Um, I think if I saw anyone else. Yeah, I if I few... did and I've forgotten you, I'm sorry. But yeah, Lakes. Of... Oh, Lakes, Lakes. Yeah. Of course, Lakes. Lakes and um, Mrs. LH, they were just like a roving support team. So they went out in their car and they stopped at many points on the course, including right out at the furthest point, pretty much. And they took some great photos, um, some of which have me with very deformed thighs. I don't know what was going on with my thigh in one of them. (laughs) But lots of um, support. And yeah, it was just, I'm really smiling thinking about it. It was a great, it was a really great day. And moving on from that, later on, there's some stuff on the rugby that I did uh, on Tuesday. Um, I think it's possibly, my theory is, is that this is where I've got my cold from. I haven't had a cold for about five years. And I've got a theory that touching the ball that all those other people touched was uh, just where the germs came from. Um, And someone suggested to me that I should carry some wipes around so that when I'm playing, whenever the ball comes to me, I can just give it a little dust down before I get a proper grip of it. So, Can I I also just point out, though, that um, my my youngest is snotting his way around the house at the moment and has been doing so for about 10 days so yeah i mean i, mean, I don't the... want to poo-poo your your rugby theory but that is the more likely um so we've got some nice comments from users as always we love getting your comments so do please drop into the thread and leave us one um lots of you said that there was something missing last week that i sounded kind of sad and and uh like there was a, a piece of me missing and and it was, and you're here again. So, I am, I am. Yeah, so you're having a better I'm not going to say my catchphrase again, because that would just overwhelm people, I think. So yeah. I won't say it again. Um, but yeah, I'm having a better week this week. Um, work, I was overwhelmed, utterly overwhelmed last week, um, with a little bit of work stress and anxiety, which I think we can all relate to. And um, it all just got a bit too much, and I just needed not to be doing the podcast really but um things have eased quite a lot and uh made some good decisions and uh prioritized my own health and well-being over earning a few more pounds which actually it probably won't even mean that I'll earn any less money actually so I think if <clears throat> without sort of saying too much I think it's yeah. it's a lot of it is the bureaucracy that surrounds trying to help people get better from their illnesses, injuries, whatever. You don't help people with illnesses so much, do you? I don't. No, no, mainly the injuries. Just the injuries. (laughs) I think think the thing that's come into the world, and probably lots of people in lots of jobs that can relate to this, is you have to tick a lot of boxes about a lot of data and making sure that you're getting the right data. And it's, it's almost becoming that we have to do those things above actually doing the actual physical job um and and so if you can relieve that take some of that away obviously that's that is better for us but i recognize that some people are doing jobs like i think teaching nurseries doctors all sorts of people are doing stuff and they're having to do all of that as well so the bureaucracy and the box ticking and the anyway moving on it's all a lot better good yeah good and you're very definitely here um 
We also, I also introduced this um, podcast headline, Katie in Not Here Shocker. And um, I think some of you like that. So look out for some more headlines in the coming weeks. So Katie, do you want to tell everybody about the pigs? The pigs? Well, we've got a number of pigs that have popped up on the um, podcast thread. Um, do come along to the podcast thread. So that's fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast and, and leave your comments and whatnot. We also talk about sort of other stuff really as well. And Happy G rrr, um, has been on there this week. Um, eventually we managed to tease out the names of his wife's pigs um uh, from him and uh he was a bit reluctant but there are some lovely photos actually not so much reluctant as just not knowing i'm shocked truly shocked on this um but it also inspired janelope um to do some pictures of her chickens and in particular i absolutely love roy the chicken who is a female chicken and only has one eye and i love her even more now i know those things about her um, but yeah, so some some lovely some lovely fetch animals going on. So if you've got any unusual fetch animals that you want to share with us, please come onto the podcast thread and share those. And we've also been trying to we always talk about how to pronounce your usernames. Um, but someone pointed out that um, when Siri is asked to pronounce fetch everyone, it comes out pretty weird. So hang on a second, Siri, can you pronounce fetch everyone? Did you accidentally summon me? <laughs> Siri, can you pronounce fetch everyone? Here's what I found on the web. For Siri, can you pronounce fetch of their own? Fetch of their own. I should point out that I've downloaded the South African... <laughs> accent pack just to see if it would be different in in different accents and they, they're all sort of pretty much getting it wrong yeah that's the official pronunciation of fetch ever in it <laughs> but what we'd really like you to come up with now as some more contributions to the podcast because it's all very well us two rattling on but we'd really like to hear your voices and that is a really popular part of the podcast and it always comes up on the podcast thread people saying lovely to hear all the different voices and it's just so so true so we have got a piece from old croc coming up later uh and he sounds completely different to how i've been imagining him um all this time so fantastic piece and uh yeah so we'll listen to that one later but it's all about um course measuring course measuring what's it all about lots of you saying i don't think i've got anything to talk about or i don't like the sound of my voice or i don't have time um in terms of time, it just has to be a minute or two. You don't have to do anything too much longer if you don't want to. In terms of the sound of your voice, I mean, listen to me this week. I sound like, you know, someone's been filing out the inside of my mouth. And in terms of not having any, anything to say, we'd love to hear whatever you've got to say. Anyone. We'd lo we honestly love it. And it can be anything from 60 seconds to a few minutes and... That would be perfect. Yeah, do it. So um, I usually mention a site feature and this one, this time it's fetcheveryone.com forward slash league, as in League of Gentlemen. Um, that is a sort of newly pulled together table that you can customize to your age category, your gender. You can pick a, a current year or a past year. You can say anything within the last 90 days or seven days or whatever, 5K, 10K, 
all of that, you can customize it to see where you stand with your race performances against all the other fetchies. So it's good fun to play with. I hope you like it. And uh, come and have a look at that. That's fetcheveryone.com forward slash league. So we've been looking at our favorites from the site in the last week or so. And um, I just thought that this blog was fabulous. I think a lot of other people did as well because it quickly climbed up to the top of the blog highlights list. Was it mine? No, it was not yours. It was from Cat's Whiskers. I'm just going to read out an excerpt from that and it will just explain why it's such a brilliant blog. Today, I realised that I am strong. Once upon a time, I felt and behaved like a victim, shying away from anything with the potential to wound me. There were reasons for that, but today I have determined to leave them firmly in the past. Today, I realised that I probably won't think twice about running past that building site again. The only difference is that next time I might stop to get a phone number so I can report them for harassment. At the age of 48, I am finally, reasonably, comfortable in my own skin. And no one is going to take that away from me without a fight. Oh, I think that's lovely. In fact, it makes me quite emotional reading that because I'm 48, about to turn 49. And I think it does take quite a long time for you to leave behind the hang-ups that you have about your own body and you know there are definitely people around me that would be like oh but you're not overweight and you're not this and yeah but that's not the point the point is is that we all have things that we feel kind of crappy about our own bodies and we hold on to that for a really long time and I just thought that was a wonderful blog and it really showed a progression through from when Cat's Whiskers was would be very upset and sad by someone shouting something at her and how she'd basically come right the way through it and now she would just be fighting back, which is just great. Yeah, it's it's fabulous to see that. We want to support everybody to feel that way about themselves. Everybody deserves to feel that way about themselves. Yeah, and, and respect other people. Don't be yelling stuff from building sites, please. What about you? Yeah, well, I've got a um, a triathlon thread and it's called basic triathlon questions from those who don't know and it does exactly that so if you are contemplating the triathlon we um included a few pieces last week about uh, how to get involved if you've got questions that you think oh that sounds really stupid um then put it on that thread because the people who are on there are used to the stupid questions um and half the time they're not all that stupid at all so um get stuck in um, you can find that on our forum. And speaking of which... <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, this is the Alex Jones segue, everyone, from The One Show. Um, Katie went on a try course a couple of weeks back. Yes. Can you still remember that? I can. I can still remember it because I'm still working um, on my coursework I have to do. So I have to do three risk assessments and three emergency action plans for run, swim, cycle... And so, yeah, I'm still working on that. So I've done two of the days and I've still got a day to go back and do in a few weeks. Has it tempted you to enter a try or to consider doing one? I'm, I'm waiting on bated breath for this answer. I th- Is that right? Can you wait on your own bated breath? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't know. Okay, that wasn't the main question. Okay. The main question was, has it tempted you? It actually has. Ooh. I know. I I don't think I would do it any further than a a sprint try um, but I would definitely be quite keen to have a go at an open water sprint triathlon I don't know whether it's going to fit this year I'll have a look at the because I've got Bantham Swoosh 
on the 6th of July. And I, I don't know where the, sprint, the local sprint tries that fit around that. I don't want to do the Robinson Pool one. I want to do an open water one if I'm going to do one. So I'll have a look and see if there's one that I can do. But th the main thing that's quite exciting about this is that I'm tempted to do that cycling bit, which is, that's quite good that I'm feeling brave enough to do that. So, yeah, I think the answer is yes. Yeah. It has tempted me. That's really good. So there, there's one in Bedford that's a bit longer. It's a 1,500 metre swim in the river. Yeah, and then it's a 10k run and the yeah but the bike ride is like 40k which just yeah a bit much at the yeah, moment i think so okay. yeah yeah so what else do you see yourself doing with the course and i think the main thing i'm going to be doing with the course is helping at the club <coughs> coaching the beginners well the beginners and improvers swimmers i'll do that i think the other thing that we may do this year at the club but it hasn't been talked about as such is last year we did a couch to sprint try group and if we were to do that again this year, I'd definitely be keen to help with the swimming side of it, potentially the running side of it. I don't know about the cycling. If we did some closed cycling sessions, you know, like, like we did on the tri course, on a tennis court or something like that, where we're just sort of practicing cycling skills, then I think I'd be happy to help with that. But I'm too nervous to, to do anything more than that, I think. We need to get out and do a bit more cycling, I think, and, uh, and yeah. build, build up your confidence and yeah. find some more cake shops. So your favourite tips for um, people who are coming into the trial world, or even for experienced people, what, what are your, your highlighted? Yeah, I, I think when I think about the, the, the aspects of triathlon, I think the, the cycling and the swimming, you really need to look at your technique. I think that's where you're going to gain the time. Obviously, the cycling part of it is, is the bit where you can probably make up the most time. So if you're a slow cyclist, if you're if you're coming into it like we did, I mean, we came into it riding mountain bikes with sort of off-road tyres on them, didn't we? So we made massive gains by... Just switching just the tyres. switching tyres to road, road tyres. Um, and then eventually we both got road bike. But yeah, looking at your technique on the bike. So how do you corner? Are you like me, you know, slowing down too much, on the brakes too much, not really looking at your gears before you go into the corner, not really using your gears correctly on hills? Then if you look at that type of thing, that sort of technical advice from a, um, an experienced coach will probably really give you some good games, gains quite quickly. But honestly, if you're thinking of trying one, I would just go along with whatever kit you've got and have a go because they are really inclusive. Yeah, I think after our, it was a series of, of three that uh, happened locally. And I think after the first one, we came away with a lot of like, oh, right, if we do that slightly differently next time, that'll be way better. And, yes. and you sort of... It is interesting picking up your own little lessons about how to improve things here and there. And have you fixed your wheel yet? No. No. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get no. that sorted and, yes. and get out for a ride at some point. Yes. So um, coming on to our featured fetchy this week, and we've got a lovely piece from Old Croc, as I say, not sounding like I thought he'd sound, but with a fabulous accent. Um, and he's going to talk us through the process of course measuring. Over to you. Hello Fetchies, Old Croc here. Course measuring, what's it all about? Well, it's not just a case of someone running around the week before with a Garmin on or a bit of string on a map. Once a race director has a course plotted, they get in contact with the local course measurer, like me for example. A time is then arranged to do the measure, and I need to add at this point, the timing can be interesting, especially on some city centre events. 
we did the first Great Aberdeen run to avoid traffic at four o'clock in the morning, and there were some unusual characters about in Union Street at that time of the day. Prior to any measures being carried out, a calibration ride is used on a fixed course. This calibration course is one set up by a measurer to base all of their rides on. These courses are set up on a long, flat, straight road or path. They are measured very carefully using a steel tape, not plastic or material as they stretch. The course is measured once in each direction to make sure there are no variances. Then a little bit of calculating, calculating carried out to allow for ambient temperature, which could cause the steel tape to expand or contract at recognised levels. This calibration course is written before every ride to establish the number of counts on the Jones counter. The Jones counter is a bit like the old-fashioned bicycle myelometer with a little clicky wheel on the end, but it's a bit more complicated and techy than that. It doesn't actually record miles and metres, just the number of clicks. So that's why you do a calibration ride on a known distance course and record the number of clicks. For each measure, the calibration course is written four times, twice in each direction, and an average reading worked out. This is then calculated against the known distance of the calibration course to give you a working number of counts per kilometre. This working constant has a short course prevention factor added to it of 0.1% to give you the number of counts per kilometre for that day. To give you some idea how accurate the counter is, I usually get 11,300 clicks per kilometre, give or take a bit. The short course prevention factor allows a little bit of wibble room, but it's always on the high side so you'll never get a short course. Tolerances are pretty tight here too. I have 10 metres tolerance on a 10k course, for example. Once the working count is established, the measurer will discuss a long list of factors with the race director, such as what side of the road is allowed at each point for the runners, paths available or not, and lines to be taken at the right-hand junctions. Think about it next time you drive up to a T-junction and then look at the short way around on the, on the far side of the path. Courses are quite often ridden back from a fixed finish to, to establish where the start is. What is crucial in riding any direction is the shortest possible route for any course. This will involve riding the inside line on all bends, so that often sees the measure of cycling on the wrong side of the road, hence doing it at daft o'clock in the morning for a city centre race, and I also insist on a spotter on a bike or a, and or a car, which we did with the recent great runs in Aberdeen and in Stirling. A great run provided me with a cyclist and a van escort. As a runner, I know where the runners will try to nick a few metres back, so I measure that line. Also, you've got to bear in mind, if you get a really tight corner, a hairpin bend, for example, the line is officially 30 centimetres from the curve. That isn't often the easiest or the fastest way around, but it is the shortest. It's also often the trickiest to ride on a bike, and because uh, your bike wants to go the natural sweep. As the ride starts, I cal cal calculate the kilometre or mile points using the counter value from the calibration rides carried out earlier. At each kilometre point, I stop and write down a narrative to describe where it is and as, as closely as I can. I also take a photograph to include in my report so that it's absolutely obvious where the marker is. Kilometre markers are often lampposts, drain covers, large trees, fence posts, line markings, road signs, anything that is reasonably uh, permanent and very identifiable. I have done somewhere, however, where you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's just nothing but grass for a couple of hundred metres either direction. may have left the odd spray paint mark there, but don't tell anyone. Once the ride is completed, the start or finish is established and recorded. Sometimes if it's a panhandle course or an out-and-back course, you may need to do a bit of adjusting to help the start and finish lines match in the same place. This can be done by moving the turn, X number of counts forward or back, or moving the start, for, start and finish area forwards or backwards. Remembering that moving one or the other can be double or half the number of counts, depending on which way you need to move it. 
on about turns, they can be a problem for a number of reasons. A turn in the road may seem fairly simple, but is it a cone? Is it a circle of three cones? Or is it a huge semicircle of cones on a car park or a dual carriageway? And that's where Mr Pythagoras and his circumference of circles kicks in. Well, of half a circle to be exact for a turn. Also, it needs to be uh, put in the right place, so a careful recording of the turn once established is crucial, as any error here is doubled in effect, both the out and the back being wrong by that much. Anyway, once you've ridden the course and recording the start-finish and any interims, which can be a lot of them on a marathon course, and then made any adjustments, you then go back to your calibration course and repeat the four rides to make sure that there's no deviation from the number of counts per commenter you calculated earlier due to temperature change, slow puncture, or some, anything similar to that. Then it's a case of logging all the data into recording sheets, writing a summary report, including maps, layouts, any notes, any annotated photographs of each kilometre point. I usually put a big red line on the photograph to show where the mark is, and an arrow to show the direction of the runners. The race is then logged onto the UK Association of Course Measurers system. I submit my report for certification and marking effect. And once it's then issued, the RD will get his permit, a copy of my report and my invoice. I hope that that whistle-stop guide wasn't too geeky and gives a little insight into the stark art of course measuring and helps you avoid a response that Boss Lady gave to the guy at Inverness Half Marathon this year. See my blog for further details on that, Jim. Well, I thought that was really interesting. I really hadn't occurred to me at all that if you're going to measure a course, you'd have to think about the time of day that you were doing it. But of course, that makes perfect sense for some of the bigger races around the country that take place on very busy roads. The other thing that was interesting, and we have both seen a a course measurement report done by our um, very own Steve Crane from, from Bedford Harriers, and it's incredibly detailed, the description of where the the markers are and where the course goes it pretty much includes the the position of like any slugs that were like in the vicinity at the time of the measurement just in case they were (laughs) bending gravity it's that kind of level of detail um we know that the the finish line for for our parkrun needs to be 11 centimeters north of a certain brick in the path and it's just that that level of, of description so it's it's really quite fascinating to, to have a look at a report if you get to see one. And our very own Ian Williams has been a roving reporter on cross-training this week doing his touch rugby. And here he is before his touch rugby. Hello, Fetchies. So it's about 10 to 8 on Tuesday evening. And I've just pulled up in the car park to take part, hopefully, in my first ever touch rugby session don't really know what to expect obviously I know vaguely how touch rugby is played I guess Um, but I don't really know what the session's going to be like I don't know whether or not everybody's going to know each other and they're all going to be like rugby lads and lasses and I'm just going to feel like a bit of a spare part but I'm just going to go and give it a go and hopefully when I come back to record the after message I will be a little bit wiser and uh, hopefully happy. So I'll see you in about an hour and a half. Your little voice, you're all scaredy cat, aren't you? No, you did sound a little bit nervous, but I, I know the result was good. So let, let's listen to how you, you felt after you'd done that. Hello, everybody. Well, I'm back and finished and I'm still in one piece, which is the first thing. Uh, it was good. I'm going next week for definite. I sort of went into it thinking probably stuff like, am I going to fit in? 
am I sort of going to feel like the odd one out or whatever? And I guess there's an element of that because everybody does know each other. But the thing that really struck me was just how much of a mental challenge it was because there are so many intricate rules in the game and intricate rules to the drills that if I went through them now in the, in the, or tomorrow in the cold light of day, they'd feel quite simple. But when you're trying to go through them and do them all, they feel like your head is about to explode with trying to remember everything, remember the timing. And uh, there are people there with some seriously good skills that um, you just sort of feel like, I, I don't want to let these people down. I want to do it right. So it is good. I'm going to carry on going. I'm going to see what it's uh, how it pans out. I'm going to see whether I'll be able to bend over and stand up again tomorrow without my stomach muscles going, no! Uh, but I better get home now and see how Katie got on at swimming. And I'll see you soon. Well, he sounded quite a lot more upbeat in that second bit. So are you going to go this week? Because obviously you're still a little bit poorly. What are you thinking? Well, I, I, I've got another 24 hours to start feeling a bit better. Um, and hopefully I've just got like symptoms now rather than mm. a virus. So I was thinking of giving it a go if I feel a little bit better when I wake up tomorrow morning. And, um, and how are your um, tummy muscles? And I think also your glutes were a little bit... Oh, tell you what. <laughs> I think I don't know, because it's sort of like it came out of the DOMS and merged straight into a cold, so I don't know when one took over from the other, but it was about three days before I could sort of bend over comfortably um, and everything was, was quite sort of tight around my backside, glutes, lower back, random parts of me just kind of going, well... You haven't used us for about 43 years. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I've got myself a manual now so I can oh, yes. I can read up on the rules. And in my head all through the week, I've just been playing through some of the drills and trying to get them square in my head. And mm. they're okay in my head at the moment, but I think if I go tomorrow, they, that might be another story in my actual hands. Well, um, I think I could talk you through a three-man drive now because I've... I've heard I've heard about it. I've watched a video about it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty clear. I've read your blog about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I'm pretty good now. I know a three man drive. So um, what what you should take from that is that I've been pretty excited yeah, about the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. I think when you start doing something and you realise you like it and you realise that the group of people that are there are also lovely, it does really spark off a whole new interest for you, and that can be quite exciting. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mentioned this in my blog. I blogged about it all in, in great detail. Um, but talking, uh, when you when you first arrive, it looks like everybody has known each other for years. Like you imagine they all went to school together and they're all best <laughs> chums and they're all each other's best mans and best ladies. Um, but over the course of even just that hour and a half, I heard that some people had only been coming a few weeks, some had been coming a few months, um, obviously, there were long ter long termers, but um, yeah, not everybody is as sort of experienced as you imagine them to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd really like to hear about the sorts of cross training or hobbies, other things that you do outside of you, what you consider to be your your training that you log on fetch, or indeed you do log it on fetch because there are many cross training options. But we'd love to hear about it. I know, absolutely know that there are climbers. I'm pretty sure there are horse riders on, on Fetch Everyone. There's all sorts of people. So come along, um, put your hand up, send us a contribution um, or come onto the podcast thread, um, fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast and tell us all about it.
Yeah, that would be really awesome. I, I think um, before I started running, I used to play cricket sort of fairly regularly. Uh, and then I stopped playing cricket because I was enjoying the running so much. I didn't want to actually take away any time from that or, or risk sort of getting an injury that would stop me from running because I was really enjoying it that much. And it's taken me about 15 years to to branch out into another sport. So I'm sure there are other people with stories like this about how they've transitioned from one sport to another um, and the little stuff that you do on the side, we'd love to hear about it. So well, The benefits that you get from doing a different sport are pretty wide, aren't they? I mean, I started doing swimming as a cross-training cardiovascular thing to get me through an injury and actually it's, I'd now say that swimming probably is my priority over running. I'm also kind of seeing it as my backup for when running probably isn't going to be possible anymore. I mean, I'd love to run right through to, you know, my dying day. Far in the future, I'd hope to add... Being chased off a cliff by ostriches. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> but having a backup, and also a backup for when you're injured, is really useful because the number of people that I talk to in my in my day job where I, I'm saying to them, look, I, I know you can't do this thing at the moment, but is there something else that you can do? Because the endorphins that we get from doing those cardiovascular exercises are just fabulous for us. So... Just something to think about. Um, so I think that's probably enough from us, isn't it? We've, yeah. We've rattled on. Time for another strepsil for me. <laughs> so please send any audio contributions to podcast at fetcheveryone.com. Do not forget to subscribe. This is very important. We're reaching a plateau in our in our listening figures, aren't we? We want yeah, more. So we want more. Yes. World domination. Yes. At least. At least world um yes visit fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast with your comments questions and suggestions and we will see you next time goodbye <laughs>